Welcome to Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada, with a focus on the persecuted church around the world. You know, we've all seen the images coming out of Afghanistan. Thousands and thousands of Afghans determined to leave the country now that the Islamic militant group, the Taliban, is back in control of that troubled nation. Thousands have already been airlifted out of the country. Thousands more have converged on the airport in Kabul. It is absolute chaos, and some are trying even to get out of the country through neighboring nations. Now, the Taliban, they're trying to calm fears, saying there won't be any retribution for those who work with the previous government or with foreign countries like Canada. And they're also promising that women will be treated fairly according to their version of Sharia law. Now, most countries around the world, as you would expect, are skeptical. So what does the future hold for the people of Afghanistan, the women, the girls, and also the small Christian population around the country now that the Taliban is in control? And joining me to talk about the situation facing the people of Afghanistan, the women, the girls, and also Christians in that nation is Shoaib Abadi. He is a pastor and a television host. He is an Afghan Canadian. He left the country as a young man because of the violence at that time and made his way to Canada through Pakistan. He is the executive director of Square One World Media out of Winnipeg. Later on, we'll be talking about his work in Afghanistan. But first, let's go to that conversation right now and how he is feeling as he's seen things unfold in his homeland. Shoaib, you have friends and family in Afghanistan. How have you been feeling about what's been going on there? I mean, it's heartbreaking when we see the images. Yeah, it is uh, uh, heartbreaking with a heavy heart. Uh, I, I talk with my uh, sister and uh, uh, nieces and one nephew. I have a sister, with, uh, uh, she has uh, children and grandchildren in Afghanistan. And also, we talk with believers. And yeah, it is heartbreaking. And it is a uh, uh, heavy heart. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, they are fearful and uh, they, they don't know what is going on. And mm, uh, sometimes when uh, people ask me, uh what is the reason it's all happened <laughs> my quick answer usually is if the president of the united states doesn't know why it happened and how i should know yeah <laughs> it is very the situation is very volatile it's very unpredictable and uh, uh from the history because my sister uh they uh, lived a short while during the taliban the first time and basically she uh, hated in that time Although she is a devout Muslim, uh, with her husband, they are devout Muslim, but they uh, hate the way Taliban um, do things and or rule or their regulations and all restrictions that they have against women, against uh, young girls, and the things that they did, yeah. When you see the Taliban holding these news conferences and saying, you know, don't worry outside world, we're gonna treat women with respect, we're not going to, you know, have retribution against the enemies, you know, those that worked with, you know, the previous government or even worked with governments like Canada. Uh, do you believe them? Uh, my short answer is no. Okay. Uh, and I want to uh, give you a little bit of uh, another example. When I was 14 years old, this Islamic revolution happened in Iran. Right. Uh, and it is kind of a very, there are some similarities and differences. Uh, one of the similarities is that, again, oh, the Western countries were involved in there, and these uh, uh, mullahs or religious leaders, 
uh, they uh, got into the power and they uh, sang the same song uh, that uh, they won't do anything they won't care but uh, we uh, saw in history that just in following couple of months and the following year there were thousands of their enemies were murdered uh, and i think this is uh, from a couple of things that i do not believe in their statements uh, what i would say one is that their past experience they did not get better they got worse uh, this time taliban will be worse than their first appearance that they did more than 20 years ago and also the way that they uh, uh, do uh, react against the people even now like uh, here as i give you an example my niece's husband uh, he went to uh, to the barber shop to cut uh, his beard and the barber told him that taliban came and told the barber not to cut the beard like a western style oh. western style when you cut one side or sometimes they put something western style if the barber cuts the beard in a western style then he will be responsible and they will punish him and these are the things or another incident that the same guy my niece's husband he went to see his uh, sick father and near the their house their neighbor taliban came to the house and uh, the young man got uh, outside and they asked him for their car and all and he was saying okay come in see we don't have anything and the taliban just uh, killed him on the spot and these incidents is telling me that what they are doing they are just because they are in need of funds they are in needs of funds they know that the united states and international community they are paying for all the government workers for everyone they are paying their salary and there is no way that the taliban can have a millions millions dollar each month to pay those salaries and uh what uh, in my uh, opinion yeah they are lying just to get uh, the international support for uh, specifically from united states and from the uh, european countries and also for internet from international organizations and and on the ground like uh, what is happening now uh, like it's almost a, a more than a, a week that there is no government there is no government it is chaos this by itself tells us that they don't want to have a, a government and whatever what is happening when they go and they kill people they say that these are criminals and in other point what they did in afghanistan and in most cities when they entered to the city when they captured the city the first thing they do they open the president's door right. and they free all the criminals and all the terrorists you are now uh, could you imagine now you you are in afghanistan they are i would say they are thousands thousands of um, uh, isis and al-qaeda terrorists that are on loose now and uh, yeah that, that sets a, a big problem for the international community and uh, for the western countries are you at all hopeful though because there is you know more media coverage i mean most uh, afghanis have a cell phone uh, we're seeing so much of the video and actually video that obviously the taliban don't want the rest of the world seeing you think that's going to maybe help a little bit in terms of maybe keeping people somewhat protected in afghanistan 
I wouldn't say uh, protected, somehow protected, but I would say that uh, the difference between uh, revolution in Iran and Afghanistan is that now the media, when uh, Taliban, they go uh, for things, looking for things or people in houses, the first question they ask, is there a journalist? The this is the first question. And the second question is, where this big phone, they call smartphone big phone. They say, where is the big phone? And basically they are afraid. They are afraid of journalists and they are afraid of uh, these smartphones because these smartphones, you cannot deny, they take pictures, people of younger generation, women, they take pictures, they can take short clips, videos, what they do. This is why they cannot hide. This is why uh, they are looking for these things. And uh, it is what I do encourage our uh, 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 friends and the western countries and also afghan youth and afghan women as much as they can to take pictures to take these short clips to tell the world what is going on in afghanistan what is going on when the taliban talks about you know protecting those that were maybe enemies of them and women they they talk about as long as it is especially when it refers to women and girls because we know that they don't like women getting education but when they say under strict islamic law what does that mean yeah that's also it is under interpretation it it, it depends uh, you see in the muslim country you visited uh, more than me muslim countries even in in pakistan uh when i was a refugee there you see like in the uh, area where the border with afghanistan you see most of the women in burqas are not much involved in the society while you go three hours to islamabad uh, there are more freedom for women it is depending it's very wide range when you say uh, islamic interpretation it's very wide how you, you can use it either way you can use it in a very strict way which is burqa and or uh, women like in the uh, their first time when they ruled afghanistan they uh, put a rule that women's they all should have a burqa, wear burqa. And the second rule that they put is the woman cannot go outside the home without a man. And the third one that they closed, all women cannot work at the workplace. And also they closed all the girls' schools yeah. after uh, elementary. And these are the, were their, their first. And I am uh, not convinced that they are changed they are changed because those the same fighters they are now they fought for these uh, values i don't think that they will uh, change but uh, for now i saw like uh, they don't uh, tell now because they are in a very volatile situation they cannot basically force they don't want another uh, challenge for them they have enough challenges now and they cannot basically uh, force now the women to wear burqa because it created another international uh, problem. But we all know from their past, from their, uh, what they are saying, what they are talking, it, is, it, it will come, those things. So let's talk about the followers of Jesus in Afghanistan. And I know that we have to be you know, very careful in terms of making sure that we don't exaggerate those numbers. Unfortunately, that has happened because I guess as the Taliban thinks that there's you know, tens of thousands of Christians, they will be on, you know, on the lookout for more of the followers of Christ. But 
conservative numbers, how many would you say are in the country of Afghanistan? Yeah, uh, before I tell that, I would like to uh, make a one uh, clarification. Uh, that clarification is that uh, when uh, NATO and US, when uh, they entered Afghanistan, there was a, a mixed message. What I mean by mixed message that the uh, Taliban in rural area, they thought that uh, Western culture and Christian uh, religion, they are the same. They came to Afghanistan. And when they say, when Taliban say there are a lot of Christians, they don't mean follower of Jesus, who really uh, each one of them believe uh, Jesus as their personal savior. What they also mean, those Afghan youth or Afghans who follow Western culture. They consider them as well as infidel. Uh, and uh, that's the part. But uh, as you mentioned, yes, uh, there are some exaggerated numbers. but. Uh, uh, that I would say uh, probably in terms of between five to eight thousand, okay. uh, five to eight thousand uh, follower of Jesus. But the um, uh, good news is that we have almost in all provinces follower of Jesus, in all provinces, and uh, a lot of Hazaras. Uh, uh, yeah, I should mention that uh, among follower of Jesus inside and outside Afghanistan, Hazaras they play a, a very good numbers, and, and that's a, a very good news. And these believers from Muslim backgrounds, right, for the most part, I mean, as you mentioned, there are some uh, other often. groups, yeah, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the good news. I, I mean, do you look at the fact that, uh, you know, country like Iran, as you mentioned earlier, and we work with Dr. Hermo Shariat with Iran Alive Ministries, and one of the things that he says is that Iranians, for the most part, are done with Islam. How do you think this is going to play out in Afghanistan with the Taliban being back in there? Do you think that will cause more Muslims to be open to the gospel message? I, it's, uh, it's very, first of all, it's very difficult to uh, predict. Uh, some of our uh, Iranian uh, friends now, they say that. But I'm not sure if they will say the same words now 20 years or 40 years ago. Right. It's very difficult uh, to predict these things. But uh, I am sure that God is at work uh, and uh, God will open the door for Afghan believers. One thing that uh, uh, I have to emphasize is that when uh, NATO troop and U.S. troop, uh, they entered Afghanistan, obviously there are Christians also uh, or aid workers, Christian aid workers and missionaries, they entered Afghanistan as well. And uh, what in that time, basically they were leading the Christian fellowships or Afghan fellowships. They were leading. And uh, when they left, but now most of these fellowships inside Afghanistan, they're led by Afghans. And, and that, that's a big, big uh, change. Yeah. What I am, our hope and my hope is that this will increase. Yes, that Afghan led groups, new groups, yes, we need support from missionaries. We need resources, including all these resources from uh, outside or from uh, missionaries abroad. But the good news is that now Afghan Christians, they are leading these groups. They are meeting in their homes. They are risking their lives every day. And they are the one who will take the God's word to the uh, people of Afghanistan. They are the one who will share the good news of Jesus Christ with their neighbors, their families, and their friends. Now, even before the Taliban took over recently, 
Afghanistan for Christians was high up on the list in terms of the most dangerous places in the world to follow Jesus. How much worse do you think it will get now with the Taliban, you know, now in control of the government? Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, sometimes uh, I, I give it an analogy. It is like a, uh, someone uh, is uh, uh, sinking now and you ask a question how deep he is sinking kind of uh it is very now the current situation is very difficult for afghan christians uh we have to uh, be very very uh, clear about it it is uh, because uh if they if the government know or you know when an afghan become a christian basically usually the family members their own family members it became their first enemy they sometimes tell the government or they wanted them to go back to islam and and now you have you see the the challenge is the family and also the challenge is the uh, government uh, and, and that's uh, it's very difficult to uh, predict what will happen with them but uh, recently i got a, a message for one afghan believer that uh, he said that uh, uh, one of his sons basically uh, against him uh, and uh, when taliban took power then he sent threats to his own dad uh, that we're going to find you and these uh, these incidents are can happen in the in afghanistan against the believer it's very difficult to predict but the truth of the matter is that it's a very very dangerous time for afghan believers specifically uh, women uh, and and also the girls you know we've heard stories as well about how some believers, Christians there in Afghanistan, obviously Muslim backgrounds, have actually changed on their ID card to say they are Christian because they want their children to know that they are Christian. And again, in these cultures where you know people follow the religion of their parents, I mean that's got to be extremely dangerous. Uh, as you know, when the Taliban comes around and they want to see your ID. Uh, yes, uh, I, I think uh, because there wasn't any uh, kind of a it is you mentioned we heard yeah and mm -hmm. i heard and uh, uh, it's uh, it is very difficult to uh, really know uh, this exactly what happened or how many people or they got it or not right. it, it is a uh, very difficult to uh, speculate speculate in that uh, matter but what uh, what that i heard about it and in that time i uh, commented the following uh, it is interesting that uh, our neighbor can we learn something from Iranian Christians right. like uh, Iranian Christians existed uh, in Iran uh, for centuries uh, like in terms of uh, uh, Armenian and in terms of Ashurian Christians they existed uh, where but the recent uh, influx of Iranian Christians uh, like now they say in the hundreds thousands uh, in Muslim background, mostly Shia background, I don't think that they went to the government to uh, get the Christian ID because Christian ID does not make you Christian. Christian ID does not make you Christian. A lot of millions of people in the West on their uh, IDs, they have Christians, uh, but uh, they might not go even to church once a year. And this is one thing. And uh, the other uh, issue about this is the legal basis legal basis what i mean by that my background is law and according to constitution of afghanistan there is no legal basis uh, 
for a person to claim that he is a Christian. First of all, by law, by Sharia law, it is prohibited to convert to Christianity a Muslim. That's number one. And the number two is the constitution, the current constitution of Afghanistan, uh, tell that the official religion of Afghanistan is Sunni Hanafi, and there are some minorities, and minorities they call Shias and even Hindus, but nothing about Christians. W what I mean that there is no legal basis for it either. And uh, that's, uh, uh, but I, I am not sure if, uh, but I do express my, uh, my real uh, concern if uh, for those Christians who went uh, there and uh, for their safety. And I uh, do encourage our, uh, probably it was encouraged by uh, uh, foreign organizations uh, because uh, they are in contact. We know a lot of things happening because of foreign support and all. Uh, I do really express concern. I would like to ask those foreign organizations uh, now to act and take them out and take them out. They have an ethical and a spiritual responsibility before those Afghan believers, children and families that they encourage them to go and uh, fill these IDs. Now they have the responsibility to take care of them. Amen. You know, we have to make sure that in the West, especially that we don't take advantage of situations. Unfortunately, we do see ministries doing that. I know you don't. Voice the Martyrs, we work hard not to do anything like that. Our first and foremost concern is to keep these believers safe. Now, how do you respond to Christian organizations saying that we need to get all the Christians out of the country because it's too dangerous for them? I mean, theologically, we know from the scripture, uh, there are different ways that Christians respond to persecution. Uh, you know, there are even we see the Apostle Paul. Yeah, there was times to flee because his mission was not done. There's times to fight. And we see that in terms of the courts. That's not really an option in Afghanistan and to stay. So how do we wrestle with that? Because we know believers are, you know, at risk. I would want to get my family out of there. But we also need to have the light of Jesus in the country. How do, how do you work through that? Yeah, it is a very uh, difficult balance. It's a very difficult balance. Yeah. But uh, you uh, know better than me with your experience in, those, in that part of the world that there is a difference between persecution and fear of persecution. Right, yes. And uh, what is happening is uh, if there is a real persecution, I do not mind like nobody minds to help a believer who is running for his life or her life or life of the family to help them to get a safe place yeah. and can be inside Afghanistan or outside Afghanistan if there is a real threat, real uh, persecution. But if there is a fear of persecution that because, of, uh, 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 because they are Christian, somebody might know and somebody might come and somebody might hurt them, and this is why I think in that, when it comes to the fear of persecution, then we, we should be very careful because there are a lot of people now in this, uh, uh, like women. Uh, women, they are now, uh, they have a fear. They have a fear of persecution. Young girls, they have a fear of persecution. Uh, you cannot take all the women outside Afghanistan or all the young girls. 
but those who are really experienced or uh, uh, receive threats or uh, there, then the organization, international organization, they try to uh, take them out or uh, bring them to safe place. I think this is the same way would uh, be a great when there is a real issue, a real threat, uh, threat to the, their life. And uh, yes, we have obligation, moral obligations to pray and to help them if we can. Uh, but as a media, I have a, a media program like a, a TV a live show uh, for uh, Afghanistan and Iran. Uh, in my live show, I always say that we are a media. We are here to share God's word, good news. We cannot help. But other agencies, uh, they can if, they, they, if there is a real threat to the Afghan believers, by all means, it is biblical and it is very good. Joab, tell me more about the work that you are doing, because you mentioned uh, the television and uh, you're with the Square One World Media, it means going back to Square One. I've been watching some of your, uh, your sermons online and you're doing an amazing job. But tell me about that ministry, how it works, and even the connection that you have with people in Afghanistan and, and beyond. Yes, uh, the current ministry that I have, uh, I am involved in Square One World Media. It's a uh, 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 was uh, it started 1947 uh, by two college students here is from MBCI, and they started a radio program called Gospel Light Hour. And that's Winnipeg, by the way. That's right, uh, Mennonite Brethren Community, and then uh, it's a uh, grew uh, from that. It became a. Uh, MB Communication, Mennonite Brethren Communication, and then it became Family Life Network. And in 2014, we became uh, Square One World Media. What we do is we do uh, the Christian media in a variety of languages, including like Spanish and also Russian, Ukrainian, Arabic, English, and also like our uh, dairy language is a part of the uh, um, cooperation and partnership with Operation Mobilization Canada or uh, Palmyre Ministry, where 12 years ago we started a, a live uh, TV show for Afghanistan and also Iran because we speak the same language. And uh, it continues until now. We have a one hour live show on Friday morning, morning here and prime time evening in uh, Afghanistan and Iran. And uh, this, uh, what we say, because there is no uh, church in Afghanistan, no official church or no building or no church, then we try to provide one hour uh, virtual church service kind of uh, to the uh, our uh, viewers through SAT7 parts. Uh, what basically what I start uh, the, our program with the, a 10 minutes high impact story where I talk from the current situation in Afghanistan, whatever is uh, uh, social or health-wise or uh, political and bring biblical perspective to it. And then we also uh, broadcast some worship songs. And then after that, we have a biblical uh, lesson. Now we are going through the uh, book of John. And last week was John 10, uh, you know, a famous, the thief comes to steal and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and more abundantly. And uh, uh, we finished with the prayer and also uh, we do uh, receive live calls uh, from Afghanistan and Iran. We have a good audience in Iran as well. Those refu Afghans, refugees and also Iranians, uh, they call us as well. And uh, like last week, we received a call 
uh, a believer and uh, that uh, he asked us to pray because he says uh, he is troubled he is emotion uh, psychologically he is troubled in his faith and he asked us to pray and i prayed with him online uh, the week before another uh, man believer from western afghanistan called and he said that uh, they live under uh, siege of taliban in that time and he asked for protection and prayer we receive life calls and some people they give their hearts to the lord through our uh, programs and uh, they have questions sometimes we receive also calls from uh, uh, muslim scholars muslim teachers that they uh, ask questions as well yeah these are uh, this and the the difference between you know nowadays the zoom church is very uh, it's popular now but the difference between our one hour service and regular church service is that majority 99% of our audience are muslims or seekers while in a church you have uh, mostly christians that they go but ours are mostly they are seekers and young uh, people in afghanistan and iran that they uh, watch us yeah it's phenomenal you know what uh, god is doing uh, through media and especially what you're doing out of winnipeg in terms of people connecting with you from afghanistan or iran i mean that's not you know easy for them to do uh, but obviously if they've made that you know effort to get through there they're obviously pretty serious exactly this is what all our uh, sometimes they what they do is uh, believe it or not that uh, i uh, we do this uh, program for last 12 years yeah two years ago we saw a breakthrough two three years ago what the breakthrough was that before that when afghans were calling from afghanistan they would not say their names or they would not say from their, their from where they're calling but two three years ago they will call and they say hey my name is my name is this i am calling from this province and i'm a christian that was a it's a big uh, breakthrough that praise god for that and yes they have the courage also we have uh, whatsapp facebook that they connect with us and also we have a website they connect through website with us and we have a good follower team uh, follow uh, follow up team and what they do is anyone who miss call us or anyone who uh, send us email or any message, then we respond to them. Our follow-up team called to them uh, and they uh, uh, give them, pray for them and listen to them. I think now we are mostly listening to them. So before we close, I want to spend some time in prayer. And by the way, you know, as you're listening or watching us, uh, we're going to put uh, more information about Square One World Media how you can connect uh, with the great folks there and what they're doing in Afghanistan and beyond. I mean, literally all over the world. I've had, uh, you know, involvement when it, uh, you know, when I was living in Winnipeg and so appreciate all that you're doing. But how can we pray right now for Afghanistan? I know there's, there's so many things going on. Uh, you know, I watch the images and, and I know you do as well. We see what's happening there. Uh, there's a lot of trauma, but as followers of Jesus, how best can we pray for, you know, the country of Afghanistan and our brothers and sisters in Christ that are really in a situation where they're in a lot of danger? Yeah, what we learn uh, from God's word and uh, uh, from life of uh, believers in the Old Testament and New Testament, I think number one is uh, to repent. Uh, the consequences of sin, what basically 
uh, a lot of people are paying the consequences of sin that they themselves they might not commit but we all know that the sin has a consequences right. into country and donation into the group of people and we should repent we repent for the sense of the nation for the sense a lot of things are happening in afghanistan and this is the number one and then also uh, pray that god will bring his peace through the lord jesus hmm. his peace because a lot of uh, countries a lot of power superpowers they tried to bring peace it didn't work it didn't work for last 40 50 years and now it is the time to uh, ask god's peace god's peace in terms of reconciliation in terms of peace between ethnic uh, groups peace between generation peace between uh, genders peace uh, peace between all the uh, different things are happening in afghanistan god's uh, peace and i do express really now uh, women of afghanistan and young girls they are afraid they are fearful they are afraid they don't know they cannot protect themselves they cannot protect themselves and we need god's protection to protect those women of afghanistan and young girls in this time well we believe in prayer and shoaib can you lead us in prayer and i know people listening to this podcast watching it uh just want some ideas and things to pray about but we can join together. So can you lead us in that? Yes, I'm gonna uh, pray for uh, people of Afghanistan. I also, I forgot to mention, yes, please continue to pray for Afghan believers. Please Amen. continue to pray for Afghan believers. Those who are in dangerous situation that they can go in a safe place. And those who are wanna live there that God will give them a strength and peace and protect them and use them as a light and salt. Yeah, let's pray. I'm going to pray with like my Afghan brothers and sisters pray Lord uh, I thank you Lord I thank you Lord for for what you are doing in Afghanistan mm -hmm. your will is perfect for Afghanistan you wanted this country to prosper you wanted this country to live in peace Lord the same time we do repent forgive us Lord for the sins of the nation for the sins of different people Lord forgive us forgive our sins lord and also i want to express lord with a heavy heart that we want to forgive taliban we want to forgive them lord we want to forgive them lord work through their hearts reveal yourself to them through visions through their leaders reveal yourself that they might know you and they might know your love and also i pray for the leaders of afghanistan that you give them wisdom as they go to the next step lord i bring pray that you bring your peace to the all nations and i want to pray for women in afghanistan and young girls they live in fear every moment i talk with my sister i talk with my niece they live in a fear with the uh, every moment they fear that someone will knock their door lord i pray that you be their god you be their god protect them from evil one protect them from temptation and give them wisdom how to protect themselves young girls and their communities yes lord we give this situation this impossible situation these dark days these evil things into your hand lord have mercy on us in jesus name a special thanks to shoaib abadi in difficult time for him and his family as events continue to unfold in afghanistan so much to pray for in that nation will you please continue to lift up afghanistan before the lord 
If you'd like to learn more about the work of Square One World Media in Afghanistan, Iran, and right around the world, you can visit the podcast show notes. And we also mention Premier Ministries, which is a partner of the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. That website also on the show notes. Closer to the Fire is a podcast of the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. Thanks for listening. God bless.